0: Hi everyone! Today is about toy shopping but better than any of the toy shopping lists, better than any of the articles I've ever written on toys. Today I want to talk about the emotions that connect children to their toys and to play and to use that sense, that observation, that intuition about how our children are feeling when they're handling toys playing with toys, creating with toys, using that perception and observation from within us to know what's the best thing to buy for them. So, just in case you've missed some of the background articles and podcasts, last year's podcast on toy shopping was with two toy shopping pros, and it's episode number 58, so feel free to go back and listen to that one. Today is just a solo with me, but I do have many articles on familytimeinc.com the last three years of my favorite toys that we've been sharing in our Family Time classes. So if you go to familytimeinc.com articles, you will see um, 2017, 2016, and 2015 top toy lists. A lot of them have to do with the things that uh, we buy as teachers, lots of STEM toys, lots of imagination, some great inexpensive ones, and a couple big fab um, special gifts. The other article that's there is um, Toy Buying for Real Kids, where we go through multiple intelligences and how to individualize your toy buying for each child. I always kind of resent when, or not resent, but feel a little um, like I can't answer the question when somebody says, tell me what I must buy, because it's so personal and it's so individual and it happens all the time in our classes where a child will love a, co- a toy in class, parents go out and buy it and then it gets ignored at home. Uh, so it's it's really that whole big experience of how, what, when, why. It has to do with your playing routines. It has to do with how you display, how you move toys around, how you showcase them, how you introduce and things that stretch and create new associations with toys and play. So there's so much of course about toys and play that we can talk about and um, and I look forward to talking about it with you but I don't have don't think that there's some one toy that you must have. Um, toys are about honoring and celebrating who your child is and giving them great opportunities for curiosity, for discovery, for invention. And most of all, for connection. Connection to themselves, connection to the world, connection to others. Because that really is about um, how I find out who I am by how I play and how I learn about others and the world in my play, in my experiences, which I guess is sort of the meaning of life for little people. So, um, deep breath, and we'll start talking about the emotions. Um, that are in every child's play. It's really kind of funny how I came to this thought of emotions in toy buying because what happened was I started to make notes for this podcast and I started with the question, what do I look for in toys? And it started with words like magic, fun, imagination, my connection to curiosity and discovery. And then I remembered the one thing that... Um, that, that I always think of when I think about me playing with puzzles as a, as a little tiny girl, and that is when a puzzle piece fits into the puzzle, there would be this ah moment. This perfect, all is well, all is right. This There is perfect harmony. And, and perfection. It's just that moment of contentment and ease that says it fits and I'm a part of it. So there is also a sense of mastery and excitement and peace and contentment. So that's when I thought, oh, yeah, 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 let's talk about emotions. And then my other favorite, favorite conversation that came up many years ago with Miss Patty, our two year old teacher at the Ruth and Edward Taubman Early Childhood Center, Epine Tara. Patty says, Do you remember how much anxiety you had when you would play? The the game operation, you know, the one with the body and the little body parts and the and the tweezers that would buzz you when um, the operation was less than successful. And I love that because I don't think I felt anxiety with um, the game operation. I felt a thrill. I felt a can I beat this? And and if I heard the buzzer, it'd be like, oh darn, and an eagerness to try it again. But Miss Patty could describe this beautiful anxiety that was like, "Uh uh-oh, um, And I don't know if that's, you know, only Patty can say whether that's a game she would want to play again or not play again. But what if that's what underlies your child's engagement with toys? What if it's this deep personal connection where one person's thrill is another person's anxiety? One person's calm is another person's boredom. And we know that to be true. So let's talk about how children feel when they play. So what does your child feel when they play with construction toys? Do they feel, do they plan it out? Do they then feel in control? Do they feel um, like they are master builders? Uh, do they feel the surprise? I'm one of those open-ended builders where I kind of find a flow and see where it takes me. So again, different kinds of toys. Some will be more representational, build this to look like something else. Um, also, that defines how you'll interact and support your child's play. And then there are the ones that need to just be left alone you'll see them in that creative zone and then take a picture of it make a video of it have them talk about their process Um, what about the calm that comes from pretend play, that comes from baby dolls, from reading to, to stuffed animals, to pulling stuffed animals around in a wagon. Um, I remember many years ago, I've done two workshops on multiple intelligences for teachers, and I for each of the eight at that time, up to nine or more multiple intelligences, I tried to find toys or activities for schools to complement each child's strength. And what I realized is, I'm a kinesthetic learner. I like movement, I like activity, I have trouble sitting still. So when I think of a calm activity, I'm gonna be swinging my doll on a swing rather than sitting in a tent, hugging the doll and bringing in the food picnic to a quiet small space. So again, each child brings, them, brings themselves to this play experience. My friend who's an artist and also a teacher looked at my hundred activities for toddler multiple toddlers in multiple intelligence and preschoolers in multiple intelligence and said, whoa, slow it down, Karen. I'm a visual person. I like to sit and take it all in with my eyes. Those are the children that need... Um, aesthetics, they need that visual engagement. Now you see, I even struggle talking about it because that's not my primary intelligence style. So what do the visual learners need? Um, Yes, they need art supplies. They need things that are, are lovely, and beautiful, and that match, and that have a symmetry, and a they might like shapes. They might like um, dollhouses where they can organize everything. Again, they might still like the construction, but it's going to be painting every detail on um, an older child. Let's say on a on a model airplane. Anyway, so it's really figuring out where your child's calm comes from. Um, and then supporting that in play. And then where does their confidence come from? Where do they find the biggest mastery? Is it in making explosions in a science experiment? Is it in the confidence of predicting how a game is going to turn out? Is it going, you know, there's just so many places where emotions define who we are because there's a perfect match between who we are and the world, who we are and this activity. So I hope that doesn't sound terribly vague and weird um, to the listeners. Um, I will give you some of my my recommendations based on multiple intelligences, and it is in the, the article, Toy Buying for Real Kids. I also recommend that you think outside the box. There's no toy that you must have. Um, because the less a toy does, the more your child does. And so, anything that a great toy will do or an expensive toy will do, there is no doubt in my mind that a creative, inventive, engaged child will find a way to replicate that activity to satisfy their own personal curiosity and discovery. But go to hardware stores, hammers, nails, wood, masking tape. You don't even have to buy that crazy craft tape that costs so much more than than colorful painters tape plumbing pipes non-toxic glue flashlights survival gear in the camping areas go to office supply stores colorful paper staplers adding machines go to resale shops and get every possible adding machine keyboard toaster Things that can be taken apart. My big takeaway from NAEYC's national conference this year is tinkering, tinkering, tinkering and maker spaces where kids can actually engage in real problem solving with real stuff. Get bubble wrap, whiteboards, bulletin boards, um, so much, craft stores. Of course there's all those kits there but then there's just the weird stuff the pom-poms and the bells and the pipe cleaners go to resale shops for the dress-up clothes trunks and suitcases and as I already said appliances to take apart and rebuild go to pet stores if you don't want real pets or a real fish then or turtle or any of those wonderful nurturing heart opening experiences then go for the pretend ones um, go to garden shops Garden tools, gnomes, garden boots, dirt, stones, workbenches, buckets, um, and of course to the museums and the science centers. So, what do I know about multiple intelligences? Here comes my list. For children with linguistic interests, verbal kids think stories and poetry, puppets and puppet stages, word games, magnetic letters, words chalkboards and recorders and again this is so hard not to limit or label where your child is but to think of the emotion so that you're really uh, buying a toy specifically for this particular child children with logical mathematical interests board games and lotto games chess sets microscopes chemistry sets cooking sets we always laugh when we're cleaning up the family time room. We only have 15 minutes to, to switch from one classroom to the from one age group to another. And I always have to have Miss Amy clean up the, the manipulative, logical, mathematical stuff because she can do it faster than me. That comes so much more naturally to her. She can do the pegs, the puzzles, the sequence stuff in ways I like doing it, but I can't do it when I'm trying to race against a clock. Children with spatial interests. Think puzzles, construction sets and tables, light tables, art supplies, train sets and blocks. And blocks, of course, the best toys are the open ended toys that will always be accessible to every learning style to every multiple intelligence. With kids with physical Bodily kinesthetic interests, think sports equipment, water tables, sandboxes, easels, balance equipment, tool benches, bicycles, and skateboards. For children with musical interests, think music karaoke machines, drums, guitars, percussion, multicultural instruments, sound equipment, and headphones. For children with interpersonal, those are the social kids. Think telephones and microphones, Legos with people and scenes, character costumes, tea party sets, and anything designed for more than one person. For children with intrapersonal, that's the inner uh, reflecting, the um the 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 inward-looking child. Uh, Think magic kits, diaries and journals, play kitchens, pop-up fire trucks and school buses, and things suitable for solitary play. For children with an interest in the natural world, think snorkel gear, turtles and fish aquariums, butterfly pavilions, binoculars, and bug catchers. And you will see on my 2017 list that awesome suction bug catcher My only objection to that toy is that um, you can get away with not touching the bugs, which I guess is better for the longevity of the bugs, but I don't want to create that, I don't want to touch it feeling. And then for the young existentialists out there, those are the spiritual thinkers and, and children of the world. Think telescopes and solar systems, doctor kits, inspirational books and media, and places to think whether they be tense, whether they be just think of magic and bubbles. And I hope you can celebrate your child's individuality. I thank you for listening. If you have any questions, send me a message on Facebook. Um, I would love to talk more and more and more about toys and play and um, keeping everything sane and happy for the holidays. Happy holidays. Also, I'm really looking forward to next week's podcast. We will have Dr. Sharon Darling from Florida Atlantic University and a great resource and support person for us at the Torah Congregation. She is going to talk with me about fears and anxiety, about the A word. Yes, we're going to talk about autism and the spectrum and how... We're going to find peace and calm and support and break all the myths and stereotypes about living in fear of kids on the spectrum. Have a great week, everyone.